All right, welcome to episode number 13 of Collective Conversations brought to you by Multifamily Collective. I'm your host, Mike Brewer, and I have a very, very, very special guest with me today, the most engaged person in multifamily, Jen Picotti. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mike. I'm so excited to be a part of this. Thank you. Yes, definitely. Jen, why don't we start by having you talk a little bit about uh, yourself, introduce yourself, and then in addition to that, talk to us a little bit about what Swift Bunny does. And then this is a selfish question. How did you come up with the name Swift Bunny? It's very unique. (laughs) It is very unique. And, you know, it's one of those funny things where our um, owner, Joe Bailey, um, he got together with someone and one of our, uh, actually our um, chief operating officer, um, he is involved with a bunny rescue. And so Joe and um, Jefferson's girlfriend were planning Jefferson's uh, surprise birthday party or something. And they were joking about, you know, well, we need to incorporate bunnies into this new venture. And so it started off as, you know, we'll just call it Swift Bunny. We all thought, well, that's a fun name for now in the interim as we figure out what our name will be. But you know what? It's stuck. People don't forget it. And we thought, you know what? We're going with it. (laughs) (laughs) I I love it. I love it. I appreciate you telling us the origin of it. (laughs) So my story of being in the industry, i it's one of those industries you, you, for me, I fell into it. Like a lot of people fall into it. Um, my first job coming out of college, I got married. My husband and I packed up our cars, moved from Boise, Idaho to Southern California. No jobs. We just thought, let's let's just see what we're where we land. And my first job ended up being with Shea Properties, which is a privately held um, uh, company that has both commercial, residential. Um, they own, operate, build, manage um, their properties. So I started there and worked my way into becoming the quality manager. And so I had the opportunity to work very closely with process improvement, understanding how the business runs, um, understanding how to improve and and make things more efficient. But I also became very involved in the customer feedback side. So not only with the residents and understanding, you know, what's important to them and how to support them, but also on the commercial side. So I got a really interesting view of just understanding what does the customer want um, in this space. I started working with um, the survey companies. And as I uh, I had the opportunity to transition onto the vendor side and work specifically with Satisfax Research and doing resident surveys. So I got to really dive in not only to one company's resident surveys, but the whole industry. Uh, And then over time, after doing that for, oh, my gosh, almost, you know, 12, 15 years, um, I got to transition now into the employee feedback side of this same industry. So I've had this wonderful opportunity to get a 360 degree view. I got to work on the owner operator side, work very closely with the onsite teams, and the corporate teams and understand all those inner workings to understand the resident feedback from that side, to work on the resident feedback from the industry side, and now the employee feedback from all of this. And so I'm, what I really love is seeing where all of that intersects and it connects and what influences the other parts of the equation. And one thing that I know is that our industry has gotten really good at understanding or at least 
asking how the residents are doing. What's important to the residents? How do we make it better? And there's a lot of time and energy that goes into training our team members of how to impact the resident experience. We've done that really well. However, for me, that's like opening up a best-selling novel right in the middle and start reading at the mid middle and to the end. You still get the gist of it. You still understand what happens, but you've missed a lot of the groundwork of like, why, why is this happening? When we don't start with our employees and make sure that they have all the tools, resources, input they need to do their job well and to feel successful um, and to have the tools and the knowledge to be able to serve the residents well, you're missing a huge opportunity. Um, because, and just as an example, we, every company I've worked for and with, they really train into their employees. We've got to respond to resident requests same day. And especially now with today's technology, it's like within five minutes, you know, (laughs) people want to, they want to hear back right now. So that's just drilled into our team members' minds. This is what is required. But when an employee needs information or resource or an answer from the corporate office, they might have to send three emails, leave two voicemails, um, and they might have to wait a week or longer to get the information they need, and they need it in order to serve the customer. So what happens is this domino effect of the employee, the frontline employee, either seeming uncaring or incompetent because they can't help the resident when they want it, but really it's because they're waiting um, so if we're expecting our, our employees, our frontline employees to respond so quickly, we also need to make sure that they are getting that same support and that same sense of urgency in responses from the corporate office. So that's that for me, when I see so many companies now coming on board with Swift Bunny and being very interested in what is important to our employees, what are the obstacles that are getting in their way of doing good work, what are the things they love about working for our organization. So many companies are understanding the value and the return on investment of asking those questions so that they can make tangible changes and adjustments that actually matter to to the people and will actually help them do a better job of serving the resident and and holding on to the resident. So that's what Swift Money is all about. I, I I love it. I I know we were speaking a little bit before we came online. about that that very thing having the way i was describing is having a team member's voice in the room you know for for our organization making sure that we have the team member's voice in in every meeting even if they're not necessarily there in person and and what swift bunny does in the way of giving us data not only numerical data but but also narrative uh, based on trigger points right i think i failed to mention in our earlier dialogue that the trigger points can you talk a little bit about the kind of let's call it the life cycle of the surveys that Swift Bunny delivers into an ecosystem. Yeah, and and I think that exactly what you said, those touch points, they really are so critical because a lot of companies, they'll check in, they'll do an employee survey once every two years. That seems to be a very common uh, cadence. But man, a lot of stuff happens in the course of two years and a lot of turnover (laughs) happens in the course of two years. And so what was true two years ago oh my goodness, it could be a completely different landscape, you know, down the road. So what we like to do is when we start with a company, we want a baseline. So we reach out to every employee and find out what's happening right now. 
And that way we get a snapshot of what's working really well today, what's not working, what, what would they like to see that would be more helpful. And we can immediately give some recommendations to say, okay, here are the quick wins that would make a huge difference right away. And here are some things that you can start thinking about longer term or longer term. But then we start, once we've laid that groundwork, we start reaching out to every new hire. Um, what was the hiring process like so that we can get some feedback there? Then we reach out after their first, they've had a full, full first, first week. What was that initial um, initiation into the company like? Did you get the information needed? Do you, did you get in touch with your supervisor? Did you know where to go, where to park? You know, all these different things. And then we wait 90 days. Um, because that's really when the learning and getting up to speed happens. We check in at the 90-day point and find out how are things going. Did you get all the information and support you needed? Do you feel like you're up and running? Um, and so there's a lot of valuable information that happens in that new hire first week onboarding series of, of questions because that's when we tend to lose a lot of new people in those first 90 days. So we really want to make sure that that we've got the safety net in place. If anything starts to go awry, you have the mechanism there to find out about it and address it very quickly. Then we like to check in on people's anniversaries. The tenured employees, they, every year, uh, the month that they were hired on, we check in, how are things going? You know, How's your career development? Are, do you like where you are right now? Do you have aspirations for growth or development that we should know about? Um, and just some general things about how things are going, their perceptions of the organization. Um, and so that's a steady stream of information that we'll get throughout the year. Anytime someone transitions into a new role, mm. uh, a lot of times we throw people into the frying pan, like they've been a great leasing agent and now we <laughs> want to promote you. And now you're an assistant property manager and wow, talk about a whole different skill set. And sometimes we do a good job of prepping them and, and mentoring them so that they can they can be up and running right away. But sometimes they're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to ask. <laughs> so we want to check in at those role transitions. Did you feel like you were ready? Did you get the support you needed? Are you excited about the new role? Um, and, and so some of those key questions to make sure that they're being supported in the way that they need to be successful in that new role. And then finally, when people depart, um, it's a good check-in to say, how did things go? Are there some things that we should know about? Are there things that you appreciated that we need to make sure we keep in place? Um, would you like to come back someday, you know, if you have the opportunity? So closing that loop and really seeing the whole relationship from very beginning to very end, um, there's a lot of valuable information. And it provides a steady stream of information because data does have a shelf life. and sure. You know, especially we've seen this, especially during the, the pandemic where, man, we went into 2020, you know, like, yay, 2020. And then three months in, we're like, whoa, 2020, what is going on? <laughs> it was a whole different set of, of challenges and obstacles. And that can happen in any year, you know, for a variety of reasons. So it's important to get that steady stream of, of information to just find out what's going on right now. Um, and also to be able to show, we heard you, you know, to go back to the employees and say, we heard what you said, we made these adjustments, uh, we put this into place, and it was because you told us that you needed this. 
So it creates and reinforces this um, this trust relationship of employees being able to feel comfortable and saying, I'm not getting what I need, or this is a constant challenge and I don't see why it needs to be so hard. (laughs) Um, And when they have that voice and that comfort level of being able to say it and know that it's going to be received um, and evaluated, not every company can solve every problem immediately or ever, you know, but there are some things they can. They just need to know about them so that they have the opportunity to to make those adjustments, to make those investments, um, make the changes that are that are needed and that are actually helpful. Definitely. It's uh, you know, it, it came to mind as you were you were walking us through that sort of timeline or life cycle of of surveys uh, brought to mind a piece that I think you or, or Swift Bunny published a couple of months ago. Um, about whether you call it exodus or migration out of the business. And I think this is sort of set in a broader uh, trend across industry, but the the idea of a lot of people leaving the multifamily space um, because of that reflection that has been, you know, sort of all of us been thrust into this sort of reflection about life uh, in general. Have you started to see that trend become a real thing? I think at the time I read that report, it was, hey, this could happen, but are we seeing that? We're happen? we're seeing it. We are seeing it for sure. Um, and it, it what was most troubling to me when I started monitoring a, a few of these things is that our traditional pillars of strength, our property managers, our regionals, our corporate support teams like HR and marketing and training, uh, they're traditionally, they're in it to win it. They are there for the long haul and we can trust them and rely on them. And that particular group was starting to show signs of, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure this is what I want my day-to-day life to look like. I don't know if these types of interactions are the the things that I want to be doing every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a lot of introspection, you know, as, as you said, and so we started to see this intention because on every survey we we have, we ask the question, how likely are you to remain with your company over the next 12 months? It's this leading indicator. It's not a for sure thing, but it's a leading indicator of what's where's your head at? You know, are you are you thinking you're going to be here next year? And we've been seeing this shift from those core people of, yeah, I'm very likely to, to be here. They're slowly starting to shift into this neutral zone. You know, on a scale of one to five, instead of being those fours and fives that we usually see from them, they're moving to the three, the neutral, the I'm not sure about this. Uh, The good news is when they are in that neutral zone, you have uh, the ability to influence their decision, their experience. Um, But the fact that we've seen at that time, and and I was just looking at the other day, about 17%. We're seeing anywhere from 17 to 19% of all property managers in that middle zone, that neutral zone. And then we've got an additional 7% or so who are saying, nope, I'm out. So that means over 25% of our managers who are saying, I might not be here next year. And that is a big chunk because in the past, just for a frame of reference, that neutral zone is typically maybe 10%. Got it. So, you know, one out of 10 
okay, we've seen that. One out of four. Right. That's a that, you've, that's a totally different story. And that that's scary to me. So the fact that there are companies, many companies, um, who are internalizing this reality and saying, okay, we need to do something about this. Uh, and they really are, we've seen some really amazing turnaround stories of companies who have come in and they started conducting stay interviews with their their key team members. Yeah. Um, and it's about what, what will keep you here? What are the things that keep you here? And what are the things that we can continue to reinforce? And it reframes this conversation of what will, you know, what can we do to, so you won't leave, but it's what can we do to ensure that you stay? And it's a slight difference, but it's a, it's an important one um, because people are all of our team members. They need to know that we do appreciate them. We do want them here. We need them here. Um, but it's a relationship and it has to be a, a positive relationship on both sides because people are really evaluating what are like we, we and I were talking earlier, what are the non-negotiables? I've decided, you know, after being stuck at home with my family in these four walls uh, and Zooming, you know, school and work and family reunions, um, what are the things that really, really matter to me? What do I want my home life, my personal life, my family life to look like? What do I want my work life to look like? How do those intersect and influence each other? Um, and if I've had a positive experience and have feel, felt supported by the, my company through this very challenging time, I'm more likely to stick around. Um, but if I feel like I've had to fight for every piece of information, fight for every resource and support mechanism, um, I might be at a point of total burnout where I'm like, all right, <laughs> I've done what I can. I, I'm, I'm going to move, move along. Um, but so I, my main message is all is not lost. We've got um, we've seen very clear success stories, and it really involves just talking and just asking, how are things going? No, how are things really going? You know, sure. and, and what's working and, and what? how can we support you? Yeah, I think it's, I, you're you're so spot on. It's 2020 and, and even the bulk of this year now, it's it's all been emotionally loaded, right? And and it it doesn't matter which way you turn. It seems like, feels like, no matter which way you turn, or you turn on the television, or you turn on whatever piece of of uh, I guess information gathering uh, platforms. It's hard to find silver linings. It, it seems like it's hard to find silver linings. And so, to the extent that you can be intentional about that. Um, as a team member, as an organization, um, such that you you get in rooms and you just, I say open the kimono is inappropriate as that might be, but you open the kimono and you, you bring vulnerability to the room and you can just be you uh, and, you pre and you create a safe space for that, right? That, it's an interesting, how often just that exercise in and of itself can get you to an answer where people feel like they can stick around and stay with an organization over a long bit of time versus to your point about 
uh, how's it going? And then you give them the canned answer and you're just moving on with the day, right? <laughs> it doesn't go any deeper than that, but I, I think it's an, this is a nice segue to um, you're publishing a quarterly turnover report. And I think you, you Swift Bunny just published the second quarter uh, turnover report. Were there, what interesting nuggets of information did you take out of that report yourself um, that, you, that you thought were interesting that would be um, good news for our, uh, our audience, our listeners and our viewers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I think that the big news that, that we all are experiencing is maintenance and leasing are high turnover spots, mm-hmm. very high turnover. Um, the bright spot that I would take out of that is we know the things that matter to them and we know the things that are frustrating to them. Um, I think we've got to, I'll be very clear that compensation is that is the reality. That is the game changer. And people will go down the road, whether it's to a competitor or to a completely different industry for two or three dollars more per hour um, because they need to feel. Well, we all want to take the best care of ourselves and our family that we can. Um, and if that's going to improve our quality of life, I'm going to do that. Um, and so we've got to be able to be realistic with ourselves and say, okay, if they're going down the street for two or three bucks an hour, if they would have talked to me first, would I have paid that extra two or three dollars? And I think a lot of people are realizing, well, yes, I would for their skill set, for their experience. Um, I would. So maybe we need to start being a little more proactive. The other part, though, that I'm seeing is. There were a lot of changes that had to take place really quickly over the past, you know, year and a half. And there were a lot of mandates where, you know, corporate office would get their information. They would find out what the new requirements needed to be. We got to roll this out immediately. There was a lot of that that was happening, a lot of top down directives, which needed to take place. As it continued to happen, though, we saw a lot of on site people saying, "Okay, hold on. You're asking us to make a whole lot of changes really quickly that are impacting our relationship with our residents. And yet you're not asking us for any input on how to deliver that message or how to facilitate that process that you're now implementing. And so what you're essentially doing is whatever looked good on paper uh, in that boardroom, you're just telling us to do that. That's not how the real world works, what you're telling us to do. That's not how it works. (laughs) But if you would have asked us, we would have given you a couple very practical, very positive, very helpful uh, bullet points on how to make that process easier for for everyone. So there was a lot of extra work created for our frontline team members simply because they weren't asked. Here's what we're proposing. Do you feel like do you have any suggestions on on it? Um, I think. One thing that some companies are learning through this process is their frontline people are an amazing resource. They are an amazing fountain of knowledge and experience. I think a lot of companies make the mistake of asking a lot of other companies, how are you handling this? How are you handling this? And it's all these C-level and regional level people asking each other, which is good. 
It's, I love the information sharing that I'm seeing on a completely different level than we've ever seen it before. It is awesome. But what I'm not seeing as much is taking that information that's being shared and then going to our own people who have been there, done that, and are dealing with it on a day-to-day basis and saying, what are you seeing? How can we do this better? What, uh, what kind of pushback are you getting that we can address? And the companies that are tapping into that effectively, oh my gosh, you can see it in their, reten- their not only their employee retention levels, but their resident retention levels, their collection, rent collection levels, everything. It impacts the entire business simply by asking the employee, what is the best way, in your opinion, to handle X? And I keep hearing from executives, on one hand, it's almost like, oh my gosh, it's almost insulting, but they're like, I can't believe how practical this information is. And it's like, yes, (laughs) yes, it is, because they're experts. They are experts in their field. Tap into that. It's so true. It it uh, I I probably could not count the number of times that I've heard or I have even said to myself or not, or said out loud myself, um, you know something along the lines of it. It's remarks that are discounting to the site team uh, as it relates to whatever they might be able to add to the conversation. And it's just there are flip remarks, right? And you you get in this sort of uh, pattern of, Hey, I'm it's, it's not, I don't want to stop short of saying it's I'm smarter than you. It's not, it's not necessarily that it's just this sort of need for implementing things swiftly. Right. And mm-hmm. you feel like you have this collective share of mind and it sounds logical to your point in a room <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then you put it out into the wild and you wonder why it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. Right. And it, it, it is because you don't, you don't include the team member's voice in the process and and it 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 ends up not uh many many things end up failing because you've you've just avoided that it's work right sure absolutely it is it's work but you have to do it yeah because the it's it's i go back to my whole uh education and quality management and one of the pillar lessons they keep teaching you is Invest the work on the front end because otherwise you're going to have to invest four times as much work on the back end. And and I've seen it happen over and over and over again. So it's like, well, where do you want to spend the, the extra time that you don't have? Do you want to spend it <laughs> in an extra hour or two of a meeting with some key key players? Or do you want to have a whole week of your time trying to put out fires that are of your own making, you know, so it's, but it's a hard lesson to learn because we just don't want to, we just want things like you said, to move swiftly, to, to just go. Cause we have so many things that we're trying to manage. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. Uh, were there any, any other fine? I know you broke this down into five different areas of the business. There were uh, I think the leasing, the maintenance, uh, probably managers, certainly there were there were two segments of the corporate office that we spoke to. Uh, and then I'm referring to it now of regional operations. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed like there was you led early on with this idea that not being respond, responded to properly, uh, promptly, rather. It seemed like everybody had that issue, no matter what layer of the organization you're in. It, you didn't get those responses promptly. 
Um, were there any other sort of global themes and or independent themes within those five buckets that, that you would share with us that you found interesting? I, I think that, um, you know, communication is key. I think companies <laughs> believe that they're communicating effectively and consistently. Um, and in many cases, they are. They're doing the work. And they're getting it out there. What happens, though, is that it doesn't reach every team member. So it may be that a maintenance tech is reliant on either the property manager or the maintenance supervisor to get a key piece of information. Um, I'm still surprised how many times I run into uh, against companies who don't have company issued email addresses for every single team member. Um, that's still very, very common um, to either have shared uh, email addresses for leasing or not not have an issued email address at all. Right. And so we wonder, well, why aren't certain people getting information? The other theme that came up consistently is the desire for professional development or career development. And I think this is another area where companies say, well, you know, we, we talk about it a lot and, um, you know, they should just know. They should know where our job openings are are listed. Um, so one of the things that that companies can be more intentional about is really communicating out to all of their employees. Here are our current openings. And don't just count on the fact that, well, they should know where our, our job website is. But what about regular emails that go out on a monthly basis? In some cases, depending on how the size of your organization, maybe on a weekly basis, here are our job openings, um, because it doesn't it doesn't guarantee that you're going to hire from within or promote from within. That's sure. not what we're saying. What it does do is it lets people know, okay, here's here's what's available, and I might be an assistant manager, um, and I don't quite know what I want to do in my career, but maybe I'll see a listing for maybe there's a an accountant position or maybe there's a training position that catches my attention and suddenly I'm thinking how well how would I get there how could I you know make my way and now I can have a more intelligent conversation with my supervisor and right. say you know I'm really interested in um in this type of role how do I get there and now we can start talking about career path and we can start talking about additional training. Maybe I can find a mentor. It creates this, this greater opportunity. The other thing that it makes me realize, you know, when I was looking through all this data, is that so many of our team members, and I remember being this person forever, I just assumed if I worked really hard, someone was going to notice and say, oh my gosh, Jen, you are such a good worker. I want to promote you into this position. That has never happened in my entire life. <laughs> what I learned I needed to do is, is go to my supervisor and say, I am interested in growing. I'm interested in this type of role or this type of role. Um, I've never once had anyone come up to me and say, I want you in this new role. And I, so I think that that's something that we need to educate our team members on. And if you're interested in growing, if you're interested in moving into a different role and it doesn't have to be a up the ladder, you know, if I'm a leasing agent, maybe I don't want to be an assistant manager. Maybe I don't want to be a manager, but I might want to 
go into marketing or I might want to become the leasing specialist in our organization. How do I do that? So we need to educate our team members on what career development is and how do you go about it? How do you raise your hand um, and say, I'm interested in more? Um, so that's that's something that I think a lot of companies could really take to heart of just teaching your own team members how to develop their own careers and then creating opportunities for them to, to do that, you know, to develop and to um, step into more responsibility, skill building, um, those types of things. Definitely. I, you are so correct in saying that there is this call it a quiet heart. There's a there's a big gap between quiet hard worker and bragalog. And right in between that is being an advocate for yourself. And and that that's used in many different disciplines, but learning how to advocate for yourself and learning learning to be comfortable in your own skin such that you can raise your hand for something that it may be outside of your skill set at the at the current moment. But uh, to your point, hey, if it if it triggers something in your mind in terms of sounding interesting, then you should pursue that. You should feel you should feel like you could advocate for yourself to go and do that. Um I I wish we could go on and on and on. I love this stuff. <laughs> but I I want to segue uh to a close here, and I want to give you the opportunity to persuade uh, or promote rather Swift Bunny. Uh, full disclosure, we are a client at, at Radco of Swift Bunny, and we are thrilled to be par in partnership with them. Um, but I want Jen certainly to have the opportunity to to promote Swift Bunny, but then certainly where people can find you uh, online, Jen. Uh, and I would encourage every single one of you to get in touch with her. I I have never met Jen in person. Uh, but I've admired her work from afar over a very long bit of time, uh, and you can't you can't meet a more engaged person as it relates to to the multifamily space and certainly in the area of, of team member engagement. Uh, this has been a thrill for me. So, Jen, why don't you close us up here with a wise word and where people can find you and a little <laughs> bit about Swift Bunny? Well, thank you, Mike. And likewise, this has been a, a mutual admiration. Um, I love your work. I've loved how you advocate for your people. Um, you care. You have a true heart for for what you do and who you work with. So um, it's a joy to to be able to partner with you on on these types of projects. Um, but Swift Bunny, you can find us at swiftbunny.com. And I think what I really want to impart is we want companies to be successful. Uh, and in order to be successful, we have to look at the entire service profit chain, and that starts with your employees. What do they need to do their best work? What do they need in order to be successful and to bring their whole selves to work and be able to provide the, the service and the work that needs to be done so that your residents, your customers, whoever they are, are getting what they need uh, to continue to be a client, to continue to be a customer. And when that takes place, that's when you're going to see the profit grow. Um, so we have to start with the employees and what Swift Bunny does, it allows you to get that important feedback on uh, what is important to them. What do they need? What's working well um, so that you can continue to do those things really well? What are the things that you need to be focusing more on? Um, and so that you can make decisions based in information and not just on the squeakiest wheel or the pet project of a certain member of a team. 
Um, but it's really based on what is it that they need and you can provide the best solution for the greatest number of employees and lift everyone up so that they can do what they need to do and feel successful and productive in their daily work. And you'll see it down the line. Your residents will be happier. They'll stick around longer um, and your company will be more profitable. So that's what we're all about. We're helping you get the information. We'll help show you opportunities for improvement. We provide consultation to point out some things that maybe you might not have noticed. We help you connect the dots of the information that's being provided, and we help you connect the dots back with your employees to say, hey, you spoke and we heard you loud and clear, and here's what we're doing based on what you told us. And it helps build that trust, build that loyalty, and build that longer-term relationship between you and your very, very valuable employees. So we would love the chance to, to talk to you. And, um, and whether you're a client or not, we have great information, and we love to share it of what is most important to each of these types of, of employees, whether it's your maintenance employees, your leasing employees, your managers, your corporate employees, don't forget them. They've been working hard. That's <laughs> um, so true. So come to us for this type of information because we want to educate everyone and make sure that everyone has the most information to make the best decisions for their own organizations. So thanks so much for having me. I, I love talking about this kind of stuff, as you know. Um, so I, I really appreciate the opportunity, Mike. Oh, definitely. And and thank you for taking the time to do it. I know our audience, uh, both our listeners and our viewers will appreciate every bit of it. And at some point we'll come back and, and do a round two or round three, round four. Uh, we'll also link up this latest turnover report in our show notes for everybody. Uh, and that'll link right to the Swift Bunny site where you can pull that information down. But uh, Jen, thank you so much. Um, I hope you have a wonderful it's Friday when we're recording this. It's not going to post for a couple of weeks, but uh, but anyway, have a great weekend. Thank you again for taking the time to do this, and and we will talk to you again soon. All right, thank you.